Welcome to Freedom Decoded. We are adventurers and lifestyle designers and productivity coaches. Uh, this podcast is a place where we get to let our hair down and talk about some things that are on the cutting edge of what we're thinking about here in our lifestyle design and our productivity coaching. Today, we're going to be talking about cutting the bottom 20%. I love this concept. Cutting the bottom 20%. What does that even mean? Yes. Okay. This is something I'm so excited about. It's a whole challenge for this month inside our Lifehack tribe. So all our members are going to be working on cutting the bottom 20%. And what we mean is just like that gunk that builds up in our workflow and in our lives. Like it might be physical gunk, but we're more talking about like digital gunk, like tasks and projects and processes and systems that are just like pulling you down. You know what trips me out about this? is that on one level, if you ask somebody in the right frame of mind, do you think there's you know, anything that's built up, any gunk that you could cut? People will sort of academically say, well, yeah, of course. But then when you ask them specifically, hey, what specific people do you need to cut from your life or your business? What specific processes, what specific projects? All of a sudden now they feel very precious that like every single thing needs to be there or they've got some excuse about why now is not the right time to cut it or they've got to do something else. So it's very ironic that on people have very dualistic, almost oppositional perspectives on cutting the bottom 20%. Yeah, because you're still cutting something. It's still going to hurt a little bit. So it's not just like, oh, this is going to be so much fun, you guys. And like, it's going to feel so good. Like initially, it can feel a little bit painful. Like it's going to force you to say no to some things, some people, some processes, some tasks like that has consequences. It has very real consequences. But you have to ask yourself, like, what is the higher good that I'm serving in order to when I'm saying no to that? What is the actual yes that I'm saying to in other parts of your life? I think the easiest way to enter this conversation is to talk about physical clutter, right? Because I think everybody acknowledges that, you know, you go on Amazon, you think, I really need this thing. And then you buy it and then it sits around for a while. And, and it's not that you didn't have a good intention for it. It's not that you were wrong that you didn't need it. It's just that in the fullness of time, you realize that you're not the kind of person who, you know, bakes. And so you've got a bunch of baking stuff, but you're not really a baker. So you learned something and now you've got all this baking goods sitting in your kitchen, just, you know, cluttering up your drawers. I and feel making... offended by this example, Tamir. No, I'm, I actually you use all bake. of my baking stuff. You do bake. Go you ahead. bake all the time. Just check, <laughs> check out Carrie on social media. You'll see how much she bakes. But yeah, it's just an example of, you know, I think we all can sort of recognize that physical clutter does build up and we need to have totally, moments where totally. we get rid of the physical clutter and everybody knows that feeling when you have done a decluttering oh it just feels so light and you can find things and you can get directly to the things that you need and you just move to your house more smoothly but also now extend that idea to every other dimension of your life yeah right mindset clutter you know personal clutter volunteering clutter right what are these things that have accumulated that are just like physical clutter that yes it, it, i'm not questioning why you said yes to it in the beginning let's not try to make that argument or feel bad about it or try to feel guilty or even you know get defensive about why we brought it into our life just simply saying it doesn't serve me today exactly yeah it's so easy to say harder to do but you can also think of it as like it's not about the inherent usefulness of that item or task. I'm sure it's useful if you did it. We're just saying like, is it actually getting in the way of you doing even more useful, better things? Absolutely. So let's get into a couple examples now of what we're talking about here. Like what are some unnecessary tasks 
that would fall into this cutting the bottom 20% category. Yeah, so you actually turned me on to one the other day. Um, I was asking you about one of our staff and I wanted to put one of our staff on a different project. And you said, oh, this person doesn't have capacity. And I thought, oh, that's crazy because I, I really feel like this is something they should be doing. We started going through all of their tasks and we realized that a huge volume of their tasks were related to fixing things that PayPal screws up in our business. Right, PayPal, just, just so you guys know. Nobody likes PayPal. I'm sure you don't even like PayPal all that much, but there we do offer it as a way for our clients to pay us. The problem is PayPal is so outdated and behind on their features that it is not keeping a pace with all the features we want to provide to our members, like being able to easily switch a subscription plan or add a credit or get a discount or pause a month or whatever it is. PayPal just is so rigid and it's so hard to use it. So we're thinking about like, well, why don't we just get rid of PayPal as an option? Yeah, and so that's what we're doing. We're getting rid of PayPal as an option. And what that's going to do is actually eliminate all of these time-consuming tasks that are sort of gunking up this valuable team member's time, and they're not loving it either. So the, what's weird here is this is a lose-lose, right? The client isn't winning with PayPal because they're not getting the features that they expect to have. We as business owners aren't winning because we have a valuable team member who's who we can't put on good projects because they're spending all of their time manually fixing all of these things that PayPal needs to get, yeah. can't do. Right. And the, the team member isn't winning because they would much rather be doing stimulating, exciting, higher level projects. So everybody is losing. So by cutting PayPal, we're actually cutting out all of this gunk and making the whole system run a lot more efficiently. Right. And for those of you who are paying us via PayPal right now, don't worry. Do not freak out. You will still be able to use your existing subscription. We're just talking about new clients at this point. Yeah, absolutely. So so that was tasks. What about projects? And this is classic because, you know, when we get into big brainstorming meetings or when you're in that moment where you see something cool online, you get pulled into this, oh, we should really mentality. Yes. And, and it, you know, well, a that, really good idea would be to do. You know, what X. we should really do is why. Right. And so you start cramming your project management and task management with all of these projects that we should really do. So maybe give us an example of, of one of those projects that, that we ended up cutting. Yeah. So one is like um, in marketing, they always tell you like, oh, well, don't just market with one channel. You're putting yourself at risk by only having one channel that's bringing in new clients for you. But it, there, you know, if you're if you're not able to make a certain channel work for you, you might want to consider cutting it. So one for us has been JV partnerships. We have been trying for years to build up like, you know, a lot, a lot of traffic via JV partners. And we've had some success, but the truth is it takes up so much more of my time than we're getting a return for. And so one of the things that we're just saying like no or like no, not right now too, is just pursuing more of those really big JV partners. Yeah, and, and I love this because it's a classic example where even going back in time, I really cannot say that that was the wrong decision at the time. It seemed like a good channel. It seemed like it could really pay off. It was good logic at the time, but in the fullness of how it's actually played out, there's just much better things that we can do with your time and much better ways that we can apply your time rather than chasing down and trying to cultivate JV partnerships, which just hasn't been an easy thing. So it's not about you know, indicting ourselves for some past sin. It's just about saying, hey, as of today, right now, this just isn't fertile soil for us to be planting in, so it gets cut. Yeah, well, another obvious category would be physical things. 
This is a sort of like a classic decluttering, but it deserves to go in the cutting the bottom 20% challenge. Totally. So what are your, some of your uh, favorite examples of this? Well, this is also going to feel like an indictment of you, but it's oh, not. No. <laughs> the, you know, clothes is a classic one, right? Uh, you know, you get to a point where every single item was so exciting at the time and feels like, and even when you pull every item, you're like, oh, I could use this at some point, but like, I don't know, I haven't used it in a year. And then you get to the point where you're, closet is so full that you can't even see what you have. And so then it becomes this like downward cycle where it's like you've got too many clothes, but you don't want to get rid of them, but you're also not able to see what you even have. And so you're almost like just weighing down all of your fashion decisions. And then you've got paradox of choice because now that you have so many clothes, it's almost like the idea of getting dressed becomes even more mentally draining because you're just sorting through too many options. And here's a here's a quick tri um, trick on how to declutter your clothes is like get someone else there with you, yeah. like your a best friend or you know for me I would drag in poor Demir to help me with it just so you can get an outsider's perspective. So you might be like, is this as good as I think it is, or like do you see me wearing this or whatever? And they'd be like, yes, no, yes. It's somehow like when you're the third party outside of it, it's so much easier to make these sorts of decisions. I love, uh, Coach Sarah has this technique and I love it. She will go into her closet, she'll take every single thing and put the hooks backwards. And then when she uses a piece of clothes, she'll put it forward. And so then after three months, six months, 12 months, the ones that are still hooked on backwards, you know inherently, I haven't worn that in six months or 12 months. And so that gives you a really interesting cue to like, okay, these are the things that really aren't in rotation. They're not getting used and maybe they should get cut. But physical items is a classical, that's a classic example. What about processes? I think people can, um, this is an interesting thing, processes, yeah. right? Like what's a process that's like that an existing, it it's like a recurring task usually is a it, process usually means something recurring. Um, like I'll give you an example from one we just cut recently was um, you actually used to call every single new Life Act tribe member who joined and you call them personally just to see if they were around. Like you wouldn't necessarily reach everybody. Um, plus like with time zones, sometimes it was hard to reach somebody. But um, the point is you used to do every single person. And after a while we were like, man, this is like a lot of calls that you're making and we're growing so fast and we don't know that you have capacity for this anymore and sometimes starting to fall behind on some of these calls. And so then we had to really ask ourselves was like, well, is it worth it, yeah. right? Is it worth it? Or can we replace this with a better process that's much easier to run that results in like 100% success rate in terms of reaching people? And so we ended up doing that. We end up, now we have one of our head coaches. Um, he records little videos and sends them out to all of our new tribe members who join. Um, it's just such a nice personal introduction to tribe, um, but it doesn't require any of your time and it's a better customer experience. Yeah, and so I think it's a great example where at the time, it was something that we could do at the time. It worked at the scale that we were at, but now it's the positives are getting outweighed by negatives and it's slowing us down, especially me, you know, a critical content creator and thinker in the, in the business. You know, I just can't be bearing all of my time on that. And so, it's a great example how something could have been completely appropriate and good at the time that it was instituted, but then later on down the road, it still deserves to be analyzed and like, is this, you know, when I weigh the positives and negatives of this, is this 
carrying its own weight? Right. Or is it, it, you know, it's like every person's life and every person's business is a boat, right? And so everything you put in that boat is sinking the boat. And you want to make sure that it's carrying its own weight and it's propelling the boat forward and it's, it's creating buoyancy in the boat. Right. And you do get to a point where there's certain processes where you're like, I get why I did this before, but I don't know if this is serving me like it used to. Right, totally. And one other category that we wanted to get into as well is people. People we thought deserved its own sort of a special category. But if you're somebody who leads a team of a lot of people, that this is a good opportunity to sort of look at your roster of people and ask yourself, do I need to cut any of my staff members? You know, I think the easy thing here that people maybe think we're going to talk about is people in your life, and I'll extend it to personally too, people in your life who are obviously bringing in negativity, right? Like employees who are obviously non-performant or who are obviously bringing down the mood or friends who are obviously damaging and bringing drama in your life, right? I'm actually not going to talk about that. I think it's already obvious to you that you should get them out of your life. And and then we could do a whole different podcast on like, you know, actually summoning the courage to (laughs) cut that person out of your life. But I think what's less obvious about people is the bottom 20% who are just barely there. They're fine. Yeah, they're, they're squeaking they're fine. by. So the way I would do this is I would sort of look at your staff members and sort of just in your head, give them all a grade of A through D. You could even just write it down on a piece of paper. Just like A being, hey, they do the level of work you do. Like you can trust them to do that level of they're work. They're just as good as you. B is like they are super, super reliable and solid. Maybe not quite at your level, but like... B players, right? C is sort of, you know what, like take it or leave it. I know I could replace this person pretty easily, but right now they're doing fine. They're doing really good. And then D is sort of like, well, I mean, you know, they're they're chugging along. They're chugging along. And they haven't done anything obviously wrong, but they're also not a good fit in the role. Mm -hmm. They're not exceptional in the role. They're not a perfect fit. They might be an okay fit, just not like perfect. Yeah. And even extending it to your personal life, you know, what we we often have friends in our life that, you know, they, they sh- they'll show up once in a while. It's good to have dinner with them, right? But, you know, can you ask yourself a tougher question? Can you ask yourself the question of, like, is this person, again, lifting? Are they providing lift? Are they enhancing my life in some way? Is this person enhancing the business in some way? And I, you will find that there's probably 20% of people in your personal life and at your job that are sort of like what I call they're hiding out, mm-hmm. meaning they're they're not obvious in a good way and they're not obvious in a bad way, but they still require attention. They still require maintenance. They still require something from you. And so by getting rid of that bottom 20%, you're actually opening up a lot of space professionally to bring in somebody who really is a C, a B, or an A, mm-hmm. or even personally, like you're you're opening yourself up and giving yourself some free time to meet a friend who's actually going to challenge you, who is actually going to lift you up and make you a better person or bring more joy into your life. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I would even go so far to say as amongst your team, you should have all A's and B's. Yeah. Like we, we shouldn't be getting C's or D's because the truth is there is somebody out there who would be better in that role. Let me give an example that you gave me that I think is great. So when we bring in, we've just recently brought in a lot of new um, virtual workshop leaders and we let them know right when they came in that one of the criteria that we're gonna be judging them in on is whether we're getting unsolicited positive feedback from the clients. So we found that really great coaches and workshop leaders, we will actually just get emails from people saying, thank you so much for Kevin. 
I just had a call with Kevin and I feel so clear. I'm so ready. I'm so inspired, right? And so we know that that's somebody who is out there creating positive impressions. So I think one standard is, is anybody complaining about them? Right. Are they clearly non-performant? But we have a higher standard, which is, you know, at some point, if you're with us over the course of six months or a year, and we haven't gotten anybody going out of their way and saying, oh my God, I just had such a great experience with, you know, I'm just going to make up a name that we don't have. And there's no Denise at our company. Yeah. But if somebody says, you know, if we don't hear anything about a Denise, well, then that's actually, uh, you know, a clue for us that they're not really giving the kind of client experience that we want, which is a blown right. away client experience. Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Totally true here. Awesome. Um, so remember, this month for our Lifehack Tribe members, Demir is going to be leading a whole training and challenge around cutting the bottom 20%. So if you're in Tribe, do not miss that training, which is coming up soon. And if you're not in Tribe, then now is the perfect opportunity to join. You can join at lifehackmethod.com forward slash tribe or via the link in the description. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time. 